0: Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host.
1: My dad was depressed. He was always trying to fit in. He He just wanted to be loved. He wanted to be accepted. He wanted the Amish church to just put out a hand and say, we know you're struggling. We know that you need help. And and we're here to help you. And we love you. That's all my dad wanted. Mm-hmm. But he got the opposite. He got rejected. He got shunned. You, you have failed. You have broken the Amish rules. And so they shunned him for so many weeks. And then he turned to alcoholism and got more weeks because alcohol was not okay. Mm. And so he, his depression spiraled out of control because he just didn't get the help and the love and acceptance. But he, all he got was rejected, rejected from the Amish church because he didn't meet their requirements. Yeah. Just be you and never
0: change for anybody Hey, my name is Shalise Ansola, and this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high-demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. As always, if you're only listening and you want to see our faces, you can go to my YouTube channel at Cults to Consciousness. You can like, you can subscribe, become one of those supporters who are just willing to advocate for these guests who are coming on and sharing their stories. And I love reading through your comments and it helps boost the algorithm to show this to more people. So today's guest. You asked not once, not twice, but so many times to have him on. We finally were able to connect. I'm so excited. He actually left Old Order Amish, and he talks all about his experiences on social media. He has his own YouTube channel here, has 1.5 million followers on TikTok, and he answers all of your questions. So (laughs) when I posted a community post today, we got over a 100 more questions for our guest today. So let's bring him on. Thank you so much, for joining us, Eli Yoder.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. I have to admit that I am very much in the dark when it comes to Amish. I know a few things, but I am going to be learning right along with most of our listeners and viewers today about what goes on in these communities. And I know everyone has so many questions. I'll be answering some of those or reading some of those for you to answer. And the, the one thing that I just remember as a kid, my only awareness of the Amish were people would often think that Mormons were Amish or they would like confuse the two (laughs) because I grew up Mormon. And I just remember being so confused by that. I was like, no, we're very different. So (laughs) that was my only perception of the Amish. So Eli, if you would do us the honors, if you could give us some sort of explanation as to what the Amish believe, where it comes from and some of the general rules and then we'll dive more into your story.
1: Yeah. Well, the the Amish actually came out of Switzerland in the 17th century Mm. to come to America for freedom. They were being persecuted heavily at that time over in Switzerland. So when they came over, the first state they migrated to was Pennsylvania. And that is where the Pennsylvania Dutch language came from Mm. because they had been speaking German. So like their English language was mixed in with the German. So they called it Pennsylvania Dutch. And so the uh, first settlement was in Pennsylvania, but the original Amish community, the the, the guy that started that was Jacob Aman. So he branched off of the Anabaptists. Okay. The Anabaptists was in, in Switzerland, is where they had their original beliefs. You know, that there's a book called The Martyr's Mirror. And so that book is all based on all of the forefathers from the Anabaptists. So when they Transferred over to the United States, migrated over, they became the Amish. And the guy's name was Jacob Ammon. Amish are named after Ammon. Ah. And, and what this guy did, this guy Jacob, he wrote it, the Articles of Faith, and only the original Old Order Amish still keep that faith. And it mm. has a lot of rules, it's, it's the ordinance that they still follow today. And a lot of the other Amish around the world, including Canada and even UK, they have split off from that original artil- Articles of Faith, and they disagreed with some of those articles, some of those rules. And that is why you have so many different other Amish communities that don't have those strict rules like the Old Order original Amish where I grew up in.
0: Right. So would the Old Order Amish be considered a fundamentalist version of the Amish? Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so, and that's where you came from.
1: Yes, I grew up in those original Old Order Amish, which my mom's dad, my grandpa, he was one of the original bishops. In 1951, the Kenton, Ohio Amish community uh, was born because they came out of northern Indiana where the Amish were wanting to be more modern. And they started to drive tractors. They started to allow diesel engines. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, he disagreed with that. So he said, you know what? I'm going to get a couple of families together. We're going to go start a new settlement. So they came to Kenton, Ohio. And my grandpa was the very first bishop. And so they selected a few uh, preachers and deacons. And they started to really hold back on some of the, you know, the original, going back to the original articles of faith mm-hmm. and and forcing them onto the people, and within about ten years, they had more than fifty families join them, and they reinforced the original articles of faith and that 's where their very strict rules came down uh, what i 'm wearing right now is the Amish shirt that my sister made that is still amish but oh, yeah. she 's not in the new order in the old order amish she 's in a newer order Amish, and there they allow the lay down collar. but I wore this just to show you that the original Old Order Amish and its ordinance, they did not allow these lay down collars. So you have to go all the way up underneath your chin, and you have to have this button, all the way buttoned up. You can have nothing laid down, because anything laid down would have been considered too worldly. That's of the world. That's what the worldly people do, and and that's also what the New Order Amish were doing. So my grandfather, being the original bishop, he says, hey— Let's go back to our original articles of faith that separates us from the entire world. Yeah. We drive a horse and buggy. We don't allow tractors. We have you know, no lay down collars. We go back to the original rule of buttoning all the way up. We got to be separate. And then the hats had to be a three inch brim. It could not be shorter than a three, three inch brim. So they went back to all those dress code measurements and they brought back that original. And that's, by the way, that's what they still keep today. And anybody that disagrees with the old order original system, they break away and they start their own community. And that's why you have hundreds and even thousands of Amish communities around the world.
0: Mm. Wow. That's so interesting. So you mentioned the no cars thing. It's horse and buggy, very strict dress codes. Would you mind actually explaining what the dress codes are for women?
1: Uh, The women always have to have the dresses that are very long, that even covers their ankle. Mm-hmm. They have a specific kind of like a cover over the dress that comes from their back all the way across. It's cut to come around their neck, and then it covers their breasts where you cannot see any anything, any lump or any breast. So it has it. to be all covered because they believe that you should be completely covered on all your uh, woman parts, so to speak, mm-hmm. so that no man would be tempted to look at you sexually in any way or be tempted
0: Wow. I got to say, that's the most strict that I've heard so far. I've heard some pretty strict rules around modesty, but that's definitely the toughest one that I've heard. Do you know if uh, these women had issues with that? Did people kind of speak out against that or were they not allowed to question?
1: Yeah, in the original Old Order where I grew up in, especially the women are not allowed to question the church. They are told to be quiet in the church. If they have any questions, they are to Consult the man ask the man the man brings that before the church But women are silenced in the Mm. in the strict old order community where I grew up in they have no voice They have no power. They have, you know, just no no authority. So even the men Were kind of discouraged for for asking those you don't challenge them. Hey, this is what we've always done my dad he would always get so upset he says I questioned them and asked them about certain rules But they always said, well, this is what we've always done. Don't question us. Rather than using a Bible verse to explain it away, they had no Bible verse. They just said, hey, this is the original articles of faith. This is what we've always done. This is the original order that we we inherited by our forefathers. And we must honor our forefathers, so don't question that.
0: That's so interesting. Would you mind sharing what those articles of faith are?
1: Uh, the articles of faith was the rules that we had, you know, the dress code all the way to, hey, it has to have a horse and buggy. can't have an orange triangle. The the color orange was forbidden. Mm-hmm. So we did not follow the, the state laws or the government laws in the United States for hunting regulations laws. Uh, the orange triangle on the back of the buggy, which was for safety, but those laws meant nothing because that was in the Articles of Faith. So the Articles of Faith were voted on, which is called an ordinance. That was voted on twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. And in German, that was called Atningskme, but it's called Church because it's their ordinance. That's, that's what they go over. They, they uh, go over all of the rules with all the baptized church members, and they say, Hey, look, this is what we've been following. We'll take votes. If every vote is yes to change this rule and say maybe we'll put an orange triangle on the back of the buggy, we will. If not, we can't. We'll keep the original articles of faith. But because we were original, they always voted to keep it original. What Jacob Amon, that started the Amish when he branched off the Anabaptists, mm-hmm. to keep. They wanted to stay original, and they believed the only way to be Amish— is to keep those true values Mm -hmm. and whatever was written in the original articles of faith, let's keep that in the ordinance. Let's not deviate from that because all these other Amish are deviating from it. So they would kind of look down upon those Amish. Like, hey, they're getting modernized. They are becoming of the world. Mm -hmm. They're starting to put windshields in their buggies. They're starting to put triangles on their buggies. Let's not go that route. Let's go back to the original articles of faith. So the articles of faith had some scripture which I call cherry-picking scripture, uh-huh. because those scriptures would best back up the rule that they had when it concerning the dress code or the buggies or how they farm, how they do church, all across the board. That was only the scriptures used that would best identify that rule. But they could never go in and explain it away using scripture for why God's word says, hey, you must do this and this. But Jacob Amman's Articles of Faith says, This is what we started with. This is what we have to do to honor our father and mother.
0: Right. It sounds like, in a way, Jacob was worshipped almost like a prophet, if it's just do whatever he says. Did you feel that way?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. When when I uh, read the Ten Commandments, the very first commandment says not to have any other idols before the Lord your God. And I look at that whole Jacob almond thing with the articles of faith as replacing God's word, and now you have an idol you you have something you're going to put number one before the bible you're going to enforce it and you're going to say you must honor your father and mother which is also in the 10 commandments that you must honor your father and your mother and it's the only commandment that comes with a promise that you'll have a long life blessed with a long life so they always taught that commandment as the greatest because you must respect your honor honor your father and your mother and your forefathers so when you enforce that then that it ha- the Articles of Faith has a lot of meaning. They're saying, hey, you must do that in order to please God, but yet they void almost like the first commandment in the Ten Commandments about not having other idols. Sure. Yeah, they look at all the other idols as the worldly people, the people that are not Amish, the people that drive cars, the people that have electricity, so to speak. You know. So they look at all of those things as idols of the world, mm. but yet they themselves fail to realize that they themselves have this articles of faith started by man, and they basically made an idol out of it, and they worship it and put it before God.
0: Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that the word worldly is used when drawing the line between what's bad and what's good, because when I think of things like modern-day conveniences, even a home could be considered a modern-day convenience. So I wonder how they drew that line. Was it just something that Jacob said, this is okay and this isn't?
1: Yes. Yeah. Jacob, he said, this is okay and this isn't. Okay. And every time that you question the church, they will go back to that. Hey, this is how the Amish originated. This is how the Amish. And and you know, they always refer back to the Anabaptists too, before Jacob Almond started this Articles of Faith, they would refer back to the book which is called Martyr's Mirror. You can find that book online. You can buy that. But all of our Anabaptists, before the Amish were born, the Anabaptist forefathers in Switzerland were dying for their faith. They were literally surrendering their life and dying and being persecuted for the rules and and their beliefs. Mm -hmm. So they look up to that and they mention and preach that quite a bit on Sundays in church that we have to look up to these forefathers and keep those traditions because our forefathers, the Anabaptists, died for that. Why can't we die for that?
0: Right. And I find that to be something that's fairly common. You could look at the same thing in Mormonism and the people who died to come across the plains. They use that as like a guilt thing. Well, your ancestors crossed the plains to settle Utah and many of them died just so that you could practice Mormonism in peace. And you're really going to throw all that away and shame your ancestors. And <laughs> It's really manipulative to do that. And I also find the Amish very similar to the FLDS, which are the fundamental Mormons the ones who practice what joseph smith the original prophet says to do and it's kind of the same thing well joseph smith said this so we're gonna do it and not question it so i just find it really interesting i would love to kind of moderate a conversation between you and someone who's left flds because i think that would just be a really interesting comparison (laughs) um but anyway So we've went through a few of the rules. What are some other things that most people don't know about the Amish as far as the lifestyle that may surprise someone who lives in the modern world?
1: Well, when it comes to the Amish, every single Amish community is different one from another. They all have their own ordinance. They all vote on their own rules, what uh-huh. sh- what should be allowed and what shouldn't. So it can be very confusing. A lot of people that have asked me questions about the Amish, I always tell them that the, the Amish community closest to them could be completely different from what I'm telling you that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But I love telling people how and educating people on how they are different from the original system. You got old order. Then you got and which is, seems to be the highest, you know, the most strictest. And then you got the the new order, you got the new, new order, and then you got the Mennonites and you just, mm. you just go on and on and on and on, you know, and some of them that even call themselves old order like we called ourselves old order even drive tractors have more modern conveniences and technology while we did not but yet they themselves label themselves as old order so the biggest thing that i think people are the, the biggest misconception would be that people from the outside looking in they look at the amish as a whole they don't necessarily realize that they are all different one from another it's just because you live among an amish community and you see what they're doing Does not mean it's the same for every Mm -hmm. Amish community because they all vote whatever they vote on in the church every church member that is baptized when you're baptized you make an oath that you're swearing before God and the church that you're going to follow that ordinance and its rules for the rest of your life. Now you are part of the voting system when they redo the votes in the ordinance church and if they bring a, a, a let's say a chainsaw for example and they bring that up and say hey we have had a chainsaw but now can we have. A longer inch blade we were only allowed to have a 24 inch blade. How about a 48 inch Mm. blade? So they'll vote on these rules and if every member says yes, they can do it. If only One is no, they still can't do it because they have to be in 100% agreeance And I think that's one thing when it comes within the church system That is one thing that the rest of the world does not realize they look at the amish lifestyle It's amazing plain living living off the land farming You know, they're selling their awesome foods. I mean, all of this stuff is great. And yet the church system, they have no idea how the church system is operating.
0: That brings us to a really great question from one of our viewers here. They asked, does he feel that America at large protects the Amish Amish religion because we romanticize that lifestyle? For instance, I grew up near the Amish people and always said things like, sometimes I kind of want to try and live a more simple life like they do. And many of my Christian women friends read Amish romances. We would buy the furniture they made or jams and canned goods and pies. The idea that it is somehow, quote, simple and better, whereas other similar extremist religions like the 12 tribes are demonized. So... I think that's really interesting. And someone even commented below that. This is an excellent question. I live in central PA and I would say we very much romanticize Amish and their way of life.
1: Yes, I absolutely love that question because the Amish has, have been successful for many generations because of exactly that. Mm. The outside world, what they would call the worldly or English people is what they refer to. They have always admired the Amish. They've always loved their lifestyle. They, they have their back. Which is good. I'm glad that they have their back I'm glad we have a constitution in america and I thank god that we have freedom of religion to practice whatever religion you want in america But because the people always respect the amish and look up to their lifestyle They always have their back for example The reason I love this question is because there's so many times even in the 70s before I was born my dad's stories and my grandfather's stories Where there was a new Ohio law that said, hey, you must have an orange triangle and you have to comply by the law or you'll be arrested. You'll get a ticket and you'll even go to jail. Well, guess what? They ended up going to jail. They didn't pay their fines. After three or four tickets, they took the man to jail and impounded the horse and buggy. Well, guess what the outside worldly people did? They come and they go to the sheriff and police auctions. They buy the horses and buggies and literally give them for free back to the Amish because they love the Amish. They respect the Amish and they want to make sure the Amish are protected. So the very people that are, you know, the, the people that look up to the Amish, they protect Protect them by, and by the way, that's why the judge threw it out by 1975. They threw it out in the county I live in. They, the judge threw it out and said, Hey, you know, we got the majority of the people that support the Amish. I mean, they're in jail saying we, we will not put a bright blinker or an orange triangle on the buggy, even unto death. We look up to our forefathers and we're willing to die for this, which sounds bizarre, but then they look at the outside people and they're thinking, You just all came to the police and sheriff's auctions and you're buying their buggy and giving it back to them for free. Wow. We'll just let these Amish men out of jail and let them go and have their freedom of religion. Uh And from there on, we always got whatever we got our way. And so I love that question why you asked there, because the outside world has a huge influence in the Amish religion and their way of life.
0: So I guess what I'm wondering, and I'm sure a lot of people are also wondering, You came on to Cults to Consciousness because you find issue with some of the things going in in these Amish communities. So, you know, people can look in and and see all of the beautiful things that the Amish are creating. And I don't doubt that that's true. I'm sure that there's some good that comes out of it. But we brought you on to talk about some of the things that people don't know are happening behind the scenes. So what are some of those things that you can let us in on that you think are harmful within the communities?
1: the biggest thing right now that came to mind as soon as you asked that question would be the things that the church hides that they don't believe. And I'm talking about the old order system here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put all the Amish in the same boat when it comes to this, there's a lot of new order Amish that have mandated reporting on crimes and such, but my church system, the original old order that I come from and was born and raised in, They hide a lot of crimes. They believe the church should handle all crimes, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. At a very young age, my father was very depressed. He became very angry, was very fiscally abusive to my mother uh, and even all of us 10 siblings. Now, when these things happen, if it gets reported to the church, they vote on their forgiveness. They, they do shunning, as everybody knows, the Amish practice shunning, and they put somebody in the ban, B-A-N-N, which is a period of making you feel shameful. you got to eat by yourself. I saw my dad eating in the corner of the kitchen by himself a lot because he couldn't take anything from my mom's hand. Wow. She was a baptized church member, so you, you couldn't take that from her hand. Right. So he had to prepare his own meal and get everything himself. He couldn't do business with other Amish men during that period. Because you have to feel shameful for what you've done Mm -hmm. now when that let's say it's four weeks So when that four weeks of shunning is up At on on sunday the bishop will ask the entire congregation now Um, let's say it's me eli yoder His four weeks of shunning is up. Does everybody agree that he showed remorse? Do you agree that he should now be forgiven? Let's take votes if the entire baptized congregation says yes, i'm forgiven Wow. And if you bring that back up, you have more weeks in the shunning, in the discipline than the perpetrator, the person that committed the crime, no. because you cannot once somebody is deemed forgiven, it is a worse sin to bring that back up. Let's see, then this is why I hate about the sexual abuse. Right. All of the victims, the, the young girls that went through sexual abuse in my community, if they if the man, the perpetrator, the pedophile, whatever you want to call him, was forgiven, and now the victim wants to bring it back up to talk about it, you know, because they, they got to heal. It's got to be a healing process. They need somebody to listen to and have an ear to listen to and right. a shoulder to lean on. If they bring that back up, even the parents will spank them for that. Mm -hmm. Because they are not supposed to bring it back up and if you bring it back up They teach that you just have bitterness in your heart You didn't forgive your brother or your dad for committing that incest that abuse that that sexual immorality on you So you have to drop that you have to forgive and if you don't you're going to get a spanking And if you're baptized in the church, you're going to get instead of four weeks like the pedophile you're going to get eight weeks in the shunning period because you didn't forgive.
0: That is absolutely heartbreaking, and I can see how that would create a lot more problems and just burying these feelings, especially for these victims who had to go through this, and now they're being punished. It's, it's victim blaming and shaming. Yes, And that's just really, really heartbreaking. And so what happens when someone who's been forgiven is a repeat offender?
1: So I have an uncle, sadly, I hate to admit this, but he is my uncle. He became a preacher later on at 17. He was in trouble before baptism. So the par- they came to the parents, obviously my grandpa, which was actually the bishop, by the way. Uh-huh. And so his son, which would be my uncle, that was my mom's brother. Later on, he actually did exactly this when he got married. So he, he had a sexual relationship with his own daughters, aunt, which is called incest. Mm. And what happened was He did this all throughout his life. Even when he was 17, he did it before baptism. When he got married, he did this to other Amish women and also English women, by the way, that tried to report him. But for some odd reason, the law enforcement always had a very good relationship with the Amish and they would always meet with the bishops. And it seems like they always got off the hook. But anyway, when my uncle was a repeat offender more than 20 times, he had, had committed rape incest sexual abuse he was over and over and over forgiven now when he became a preacher when he was voted to be a preacher he actually they they looked at him as hey he's a preacher he's one of the elders we have to forgive him and sometimes they only got it gave him two weeks in the shunning period no and so some of us former Amish obviously started leaving in as early as 1998, and we started talking about and making awareness and, and actually reporting some of this stuff. And when law enforcement started asking questions and going out, you know, investigating, he, my uncle literally packs up and moves to a different Amish community and relocated. And they only, because they knew he, it was happening, they only provoked his preaching authority. They took away his preaching authority, shunned him for four to six weeks, forgave him. And so it doesn't matter if you're a repeat offender and you have done it a hundred times. So the old order Amish system where I grew up in, as long as you are committed to the Amish church and its ordens, they have your back. You will be forgiven. They will support you. But if any victim reaches outside of the old order Amish system and does not allow the church to take care of it and calls the worldly law enforcement, Mm -hmm. they will get harsher punishment. In one case, the the, uh, victim actually reached out and she ended up getting 16 weeks in the shunning period and the perpetrator only got four weeks. Oh. And in court, and this, thank God, this, this did go to court. And I remember the whole story because the, the, uh, the judge was baffled. He asked those questions because all the church members always come to support. If anything gets leaked out and it goes to the, uh, the, the worldly, what they call the worldly court system, the actual justice system. Mm-hmm. And so the church was there and the, the judge ended up asking them, he says, does this make any sense to you guys? Why is this perpetrator? Only getting four weeks and you guys forgave him. And why is this victim sitting here crying her eyes out in front of the courts here? Yeah. And you have put her in the shunning period for 16 weeks. How does this make any sense? But they tried to explain it to the judge that the church takes care of it. Church and state in the old order original system in the Amish, they do not believe church and state should ever mix. Mm-hmm. The church takes care of everything.
0: That is incredibly dangerous. And I just I don't even have words as someone who's gone through that myself. I just can't imagine that level of guilt and shame being placed on the victim. And it's just so heartbreaking that people are having to face this. And it just kind of blankets the toxic positivity thing where you just pretend like everything's fine. Like, no, we've handled it. He's right with God. But it's also surprising to me just from my perspective, that a congregation who has seen this person commit this sin multiple times would even say yes to the, the forgiveness process. That's also really interesting. Do you think it's just because of the way that they've been programmed to forgive?
1: Yes. Yeah. They're programmed that way to forgive. And if they're totally committed to the Amish ways and it's church, church system, they're going to support that. Now, the reason as of today This is kind of what i call a new generation a lot of people are waking up a lot of people are like hey wait a minute this is this is not right this is wrong right so now as of 2023 you are having hundreds and even thousands of former amish because uh, since i've been online and on social media so many of them have been reaching out from all across the united states even the, the in europe in the UK, in Canada, they're reaching out and, and, and uh, emailing me and telling me their stories. Mm-hmm. and And it just proves to me that so many of them, they sit there, they're baptized church members and they have to go with the flow. And in order to keep the peace, they just say, yes, they vote on the forgiveness. But in their mind, they're like, this is so screwed up. Mm-hmm. What, what about helping the victim here? What about being, instead of victim blaming, how about we help the victim? And own most of the majority of the ones that are former Amish, they are former Amish because they wanted to challenge that. They wanted to challenge that system and say, hey, look, I don't agree with this. Yeah. We handled this wrong. We need to change this. But if you disagree, the whole entire congregation is going to come against you and they're going to shove you right out the door.
0: Oh, so there really isn't an option. To say, no, I don't agree that he should be forgiven or she, it's pretty much you just go with the flow.
1: Yes, yes. And that is why my father was in such shunning and rejection all of his life because my father- actually had the nerve and boldness i always say the yoders are more bold than any other people i know in my community because he had no problem to stand up against the bishop and the Mm. elders and the deacon all of the preachers that all of the ones that were in in authority that that was implying all these rules and enforcing them my dad would go face to face with them and if anybody on sunday when it was time to uh, vote on certain issues and and everybody anybody had a problem with it my bad my dad would stand up alone and raise his hand and say, I have a problem with that. I want to challenge that and that is why they hated him i mm. mean they, they you are just supposed to go along with the go with the flow and keep the peace yeah. we've always done it, done it this way don't challenge us we our forefathers did it this way we inherited this system so how dare you challenge us and by the way that is why there's so many amish church splits because they will secretly talk to others that are they know us kind of on their page and they'll get maybe 10 to a dozen families together and they'll say hey let's just get out of here you know i have two brothers that actually did that they they packed up instead of leaving the much like i did they said hey let's go to a new more more liberal community more modern community that is not so strict and that's what they did they joined another one because they knew the old order original system you either had to comply and go with the flow and keep the peace Mm -hmm. and if you speak up you are going to be having a target on your back
0: oh Wow, that's so difficult. And I think this also leads into something. One of our commenters left something about the psychiatric care and if that's available or if counseling is available to these people because you can't go to the outside world. So how do they handle issues of mental health?
1: Well, they really don't. They don't They don't have no pr- professional licensed counselors okay. in the Old Order community. There are some of the newer order Amish that uh, have facilities where they actually have resources to help people and they'll get like outside resources e- even involved where they get licensed counselors. And I respect those. I never want to, that's why I don't want to put them in the same boat as the Old Order system because they actually have resources that benefit the individual. Now in my community, I can tell you that they, we had what was called counseling facilities. They called it counseling. Counseling facilities, but this is what that looks like. You have an unlicensed, it's an Amish home, an Amish farm, and they have multiple rooms, you know, kind of like I guess we call a motel or a nursing home or whatever. And you have people that are brought there from within the community or other communities, and you have elders of the church or a deacon or even a bishop Mm -hmm. that is the counselor. Now, these are not licensed, you know, they didn't go to college, get educated on how to help people with mental abuse or any or with mental disabilities or anything like that. So, my dad, He had serious mental problems. He was really deeply depressed. And the only thing they did was shun him up until they said, hey, he needs to go see one of these Amish counseling facilities. Well, what does this Amish counseling facility do is... They want to reprogram him to think the Amish way. So they get the articles of faith out. That was the original system that they followed from Jacob Ammon. And they go over all of those. They say, hey, this is what's going to get you to heaven. This is what pleases God. And they usually, they usually use the fear to control someone and make you feel guilty that if you don't want to comply by that and you're depressed and you don't want to comply by that, well, you either do it or you go to hell. Wow. And so it got to where my dad, it didn't help my dad. My dad started getting more depressed. And it—and by the way, even if somebody somebody likes me, me that gets caught talking about it, it leaks out that I wanted to leave the Amish. Uh-huh. You also get sent there and they go over those articles of faith and the rules and the ordinance to get you to reprogram and submit to their way. And the probably the most disgusting thing now, I didn't realize it then, but now looking back, what gives me more anger than anything is the communities that have outside licensed doctors that respect the Amish mm-hmm. and don't necessarily understand the Amish church system and its counseling facilities but respects them enough to give them Xanax and even other medication to use to get somebody to just break down and surrender to their system that right there is something that I wanted to investigate it more than anything after I left the Amish is to the fbi i mean you can talk about investigators to get into the middle of these old order original amish systems to because that's illegal you, you cannot give somebody medication if you have not personally evaluated them right. but yet the amish were able to get their hands on some of these medications and medicate these individuals that felt like leaving the freedom and not practice the amish life but yet get them to break down to the point where they just submit
0: oof so, based on the methods that you're telling me that they use to treat something such as depression, do they see depression as being a sin? Like it's your fault that you're depressed?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's always victim blaming. It's always blaming my dad, obviously, for why he was depressed. And, and you know, and he really felt like it was his fault. And that's why he got wow. to where he was so unhappy. He was always depressed. He was always, and by the way, that's what resulted in alcoholism. He knew that the Amish church did not allow alcohol, but mm. he was always working for English folks and doing construction. So my dad actually eventually just started, you know, having them get the alcohol and stop them by gas stations. And that's kind of the, the source he went to to numb the pain. until sunday he knew he couldn't drink in front of them but he would do it through the week just to numb the pain and be happy
0: yeah and that's so hard we talk about this a lot when you have all these restrictions usually it creates something where you just bounce completely to the other side and whether that's because you're so restricted that you just want to try everything or if it's because you were never taught what healthy consumption looks like as far as what's I don't want to say normal because everyone's different, but what's an okay amount to drink without overusing it or abusing it? And, I think it's just really hard when you place those rules in such a strict way. Same thing with abstinence. If you're not, if you're only teaching abstinence, then you're also not teaching consent and boundaries and what your anatomy looks like and how your reproductive system works. And so I just think it's hard when you go that strict. Did you feel that way when you were a kid? Did you feel really restricted?
1: Yes. Oh, I, I felt very restricted, especially when I got a little bit older. Now, when I was very, very young, I became prideful because, well, that's all I was hearing because we were special, you know, we were the special chosen people. We were Amish that mm-hmm. had more rules than even other Amish. So at as, as early as three and four years old, that got to my head. I'm like, wow, we are really special. So, you know, because we got more rules than other Amish with less rules, we must have more rewards in heaven. We're the ones that's going to make it to heaven. Right. So, but, you know, obviously as, as you get older, you start figuring things out. You're not dumb. I you know I started really questioning some of those things because, well, I started going to auctions with my dad because we always hired uh, English drivers, outside people for taxi drivers. And so we would go to auctions and I'm seeing all these other Amish and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're allowed to have a lay down collar on your shirt and I have to have mine buttoned all the way up tight underneath my chin. And I'm like, and they say they can get to heaven, but I can't. See those when you get older, you start figuring those things out. But it did; it just didn't make sense again when you get back to questioning that. Oh, don't don't question the church. We've always done it this way.
0: <laughs> right. I had to laugh because uh, one of your reels, which they're very funny. Great job, by the way. One of them, you talked about your first experience in a rest stop and how just all of the things in that bathroom blew your mind. And I would love for you to tell that story.
1: (laughs) That was kind of a highlight, I guess, because I didn't realize the response I would get out of that because it was, I want people Uh to understand my mindset because I was so innocent. I look back now and I just laugh myself because I remember it was such a big deal. You know, there's 10 of us siblings. There's seven brothers. And when it finally became my time where dad said, hey, you can go with me to go to a uh, event. I, I don't remember if it was an auction or whatever. All I remember is we had to pee and we had to stop by a rest area. (laughs) And our driver was told Uh to pull in. We did. And when I went in there, my dad had no idea the effect this was going to have on me. So I I go in and I don't even want to go to the bathroom because I don't know what to do. So my (gasps) dad has to come over and show me, show me this urinal Uh and how to flush. And then I I, I couldn't figure it out. So he, he just said, Hey, because he didn't want to be embarrassed because there's other people in there that are not Amish. So he said, let's just close the door. Let's go into a stall uh-huh. and I'll show you the toilet and you can go, go urinate in there and all that. And then as he's flushing this thing, I'm just, my mouth is dropping open. I'm looking at this water going, see, I'm studying the water. And I'm like, okay, how does this water go down? And how does it refill? And I'm just. Amazed by yeah. this because I have never seen such modern conveniences that would work in such a way. Like who figures this out? How <laughs> does this water just start swirling and going down the drain? And I'm just and and Dad, he he kind of gets a kick out of because he's you know been around the block and he's been hiring English drivers for quite some time, and so he knew that he had to show all of me and my brothers. These kind of things so that when we grow up and we have a driver, we know what to do when we get into a worldly rest area yeah. and know how to go potty and how to flush. And then, of course, the other thing was we get over there to wash our hands and we put our, my dad said, hey, put your hands underneath that air dryer there. And so I did and I'm just, how does that air just automatically come flying out of there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. How old were you when this happened?
1: Oh, I had to have been probably eight, okay. seven or eight.
0: Okay. And if this is too personal, ignore me. But what were you using aside because you don't have running water or electricity? So, where, like, how did you go to the bathroom in your community?
1: So, in our community, we were more restricted than other Amish communities. So, we had outhouses. Okay. But the women, were, were using the outhouse. Now we did occasionally, but us men, us boys, we did what dad did. We followed his example and that meant going to the barn and you have a roll of toilet paper. Thank God they allowed worldly toilet paper because <laughs> I didn't want to use a corn cob or anything oh, like that. no! So we had a roll of toilet paper out there and dad, we just did what dad did. You go out and you kind of act like the animals and you squat down and you get it done.
0: Okay. Simple as that. Yep. What were some of the other things that when you got into the modern world that you were just completely shocked by that you had never been exposed to?
1: Well, the, the person that, that helped me leave the Amish, obviously I, I didn't know how to use a shower. We always had, we had no plumbing, no running water. So mom would warm up water and mix it with the cold water to make it comfortable in a metal tub in the Mm -hmm. middle. It's kind of like a galvanized tub and in the middle of the floor. So when I, when I was introduced to those modern conveniences, I thought I had to sit down. And of course I was told, Hey, you know, you can stand up and let the water come out of that pipe. And I didn't know how to do the knobs. I had to be showed how to put the hot water, cold water, which really, amazed me because I'm like, so you can slightly turn to the left and get to the hot. I thought you have to (laughs) warm that up on a stove. How does it just come out of a pipe? (laughs) Yeah. So, so those were all just amazing things, you know, that I was just so amazed by and, 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 you know, driving, you know, in a car. And I would, I remember first time I watched our, one of our drivers as a little Amish boy, how they took that little knob and turned the radio on and then flip over in the cold winter time, they put the heat on and Uh I'm just sitting there. I'm I'm almost drooling because I thought how is this how can man invent something that is so so awesome so just put porous heat on you and then you hear tunes and we we couldn't have instruments we couldn't have music we just oh, really? sang, you know with our own voices and they're in a german song we had to have german songs so when i heard uh, th- those songs my dad didn't care now with mom she was the more religious one i don't know how my mom and dad ever met but my my dad was completely opposite than my mom my mom's dad was a bishop so mom when she was with us in a car with an english taxi driver She says, we cannot have that worldly music. So therefore the driver would turn it all the way down and respect us. And we Mm -hmm. couldn't hear no music. Now, if mom wasn't with us and it was just me and dad, oh, you were blaring out to some uh, ACDC or something. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you feel were you conflicted at all because I'm sure you wanted to follow in the footsteps of your dad and you looked up to him and respected him but you knew the rules so how did you feel about that
1: Yeah I mean I, at a very young age I thought dad was really bad I actually thought oh my goodness dad is probably going to hell because oh, no. you know mom mom she 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 comes from a very religious background her dad was the bishop and I really took my mom's side all the way up until I was probably 12 because 12 years old is when I really, really started questioning everything Mm -hmm. and I started disagreeing with some of the things because I started, because I wanted, I longed to have a relationship with my dad. At a young age, I always feared my dad. He was very depressed, very angry. He would lash out and beat us half to death. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of physical abuse. And so mom, with what she taught us, I thought dad was going to hell. I thought dad was wrong. Mom said, Hey, don't follow his example. Don't go work with him because he's, you know, always shunned and drinking alcohol and breaking the church rules and all of that. But by the time I turned 12 years old, dad said, Hey, son, today's your turn to go with me. And mom had a long nose and she's like, I don't want him to go with you. And dad said, He's going with me and he's going to help me today. So for example, one day he actually took me with me with him and uh we were maybe three, four hours into the day and doing construction, working on this guy's, uh, non-Amish people's roof. And as we're putting layers of this sheet metal up on the roof, we look down inside the the barn and he has an old dirt bike in there. And and (laughs) I didn't think much about it. I was amazed with some of the things he had, but at lunch, the English person was no longer at home and we go inside his home. We sit down, dad, we, we always packed our lunch and dad sits down and he flips this TV on and me, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just amazed by this like television. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really happening. I didn't, I didn't know how TV worked, but I thought everything was happening real time. Oh. <laughs> so I'm amazed by it and couldn't hardly eat my lunch because I'm just fascinated. But anyway, he gets to this channel. And it's these little hills where they're riding these dirt bikes. It's these professionals, and they're riding these dirt bikes. And Dad, just out of nowhere, he looks over at me, and he says, Hmm, you remember that dirt bike out there in that barn, son? I was like, Yeah, but Dad, you've, you've been drinking. He's been drinking all morning. <laughs> and I said, Dad, but, but you've been drinking. You don't know how to ride that. He goes, Well, we're going to go find out. And I was – Now, I didn't want to make him mad. I didn't want to make him mad, but – I just kind of went with the flow. So we go out there and and he's kicking the kickstand down. You know, he finally fires this thing up and I've shared this on social media before. He goes flying across that field and I knew there was a little hill. I could see the little hill and I knew he, I never saw him hit the brakes. I saw no brake lights. He was just having a good time flying wide open across that field. And the last thing I saw was (laughs) in midair, a dirt bike going up in the air. And my dad separates from the dirt bike. His Amish beard is blowing behind his neck. (laughs) And it separates from my dad. And I go running. The whole time I'm running to try to catch up, do you look over the hill? I'm like, how am I going to explain this to the Amish church? How am I going to explain this to mom and the family? Dad's probably killed or or he's probably hurt real bad and all of this. And I crest over that hill and dad is standing there laughing hysterically. Like he never felt any pain. And he's laughing. He says, that was fun. And I said, the dirt bike is laying down there all boogered up and crashed up. And he says, eh, we'll give the English guy another one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. That was how my dad was.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I know that you really wanted to talk about and mention the mental health when it comes to the Amish communities because of the way that your father's life ended. And I want you to give as many or as little details as you'd like, but I just wanted to give you the floor to be able to talk about that.
1: Well thank you very much because I've always had a a desire to speak and be a voice for my father because he did end his life by suicide. And and I just love to talk about, you know, mental illness and I love to remind people that be you don't change you for other people to please other people. Mm-hmm. Just be just be you and never change for anybody. Just be you yeah. and be happy with how God made you. And don't try to fit in to try to please other people because they're going to steal your happiness. You know, my dad was depressed. He was always trying to fit in. He, he just wanted to be loved. He wanted to be accepted. He wanted the Amish church to just put out a hand and say, we know you're struggling. We know that you need help and and we're here to help you. And we love you. That's all my dad wanted, Mm -hmm. but he got the opposite. He got rejected. He got shunned. You you have failed. You have broken the Amish rules. And so they shunned him for so many weeks. And then he turned to alcoholism and got more weeks because alcohol was not okay. Mm. And so his depression spiraled out of control because he just didn't get the help and the love and acceptance but he all he got was rejected re- re- rejected from the Amish church because he didn't meet their requirements
0: yeah
1: if you don't meet the Amish church requirements then you're, you're shunned or sent off to one of those facilities of counseling facilities that they call counseling facilities and, and that's where my that's all all my dad was facing so it just got worse and worse and worse so Uh, Yes, there was a lot of abuse that happened growing up and and my dad at an early age gave me a diary And I wrote a lot of my feelings down because we were not allowed to Show emotion that shows Mm. weakness of a man. So I never dared crying. I shoved everything in I kept everything in so when I got this diary, it was special to me. I spoke to it I would I I would write every day everything that happened everything my dad did everything A bully in school did everything that was getting because our dad was different. My dad was getting being shunned So we got bullied a lot, you know in church in school. We got bullied a lot. So I wrote all this down now the day comes where i'm leaving the amish and I truly believed in the back of my heart in my heart in the back of my mind. I believe in That the amish is still the way I didn't admit that to nobody, but you couldn't shake that off just overnight Yeah, I believed that I was choosing hell but As, as bad as this is going to sound, I thought that hell would be better than to stay in this lifestyle that I was in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, in 17 going on 18. And when I made this decision, I thought I'm choosing hell mm. and that if I'm choosing hell, then I'm going to live non-Amish lifestyle and live how I want. However, I please to find peace, at least a short term peace Living how I want would be worth it before I go to hell. Yeah. Just just to give you a mindset of how I was thinking at the time. So then I leave the Amish secretly. We didn't have Rumspringa. We were very old, order, original Amish that didn't allow Rumspringa, which is a season of running around. That's what Rumspringa means in German. So therefore, I knew I had to plan it all in secret, and I did. Now, the very next morning, I'm at this pellet shop next to my Amish farm, and dad found my diary. I I was, well, I did not want him to see that, but dad brought the diary down and he saw all of what was in that diary and he broke. Mm. And that was the first day, first day that I heard my dad say, son, I love you. He was broken. We didn't have... Affection we didn't have love in our vocabulary in the pennsylvania dutch language It was just something that was sexualized. You don't Mm -hmm. say it. You don't hug. You don't say I love you 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 don't kiss you don't you don't do those things. That's just not our amish way of life Yeah, and so when he saw the pain and the hurt in my diary it broke him And he blamed himself and I said no dad don't blame yourself. I'm leaving because of the church I blamed it all on the church because I I felt bad that he was reading everything I wrote down that was hurting me you know, yeah. the things that he did. And and that day on we started a relationship. And we started to secretly behind the church's back and behind mom's back to to have secret meetings. I would pick him up, he'd come to my house, we'd drink together, he he even did some some drugs, and, and I was willing to overlook all of his alcoholism. Everything he was dealing with, I didn't care. I just finally, I'm having a relationship with my dad as an ex-Amish that has now a dad that would get shunned if they find out he's having a relationship with me and coming to my house. Mm -hmm. This is special to me. I cherished every moment that I was able to see my dad. And then I met my girlfriend, which is my wife now, and she would go out there with me and we would pull in the driveway. Mom's rule was, don't you ever come out here, son, without wearing the you know, Amish clothes that I have on right now just to show you what they look like. But I had to have it all buttoned up and wear a straw hat, wear this hat that I have here. And I had to dress Amish and not drive in the driveway. I had to park next door and walk. But dad was okay with it. Dad said, Well, it's nice to see you, son. I don't care what the Amish say. Come on in here. Mm -hmm. And me and my wife, you know, we we were just starting a date and we went out and we had a great time and we sat there and we talked. That continued for the next five years. Mm. And the Amish church didn't know about it. My mom didn't know about it, which was very religious because she's a daughter of a bishop. And my awesome wife, you know, we were just dating at the time. She would always go with me. And I knew In between Sundays, every other Sunday is when the Amish had church. And I continued to visit him for the next five years. Sometimes it was a long spurt where he didn't trust it because mom would kind of get maybe a hint or have a feeling about something Mm -hmm. and leave one of my brothers behind. And and the Amish community allowed the Amish people to go to use their phones, you know, from the non-Amish people, the English people that we would call our neighbors. And dad would call me and give me a heads up if he learned that, hey, mom is going to have one of my brothers stay at home because while she was suspecting dad might be into up to his shenanigans so she she would have somebody stay to kind of be a guard or whatever you want to call it and so sometimes there was a long period without hearing from him but every opportunity i got i started going out there now i'm overlooking at this point every physical abuse where he beat me Mm. half to death where i thought i was going to die all of the childhood trauma All of the physical abuse. I did not care what that man did to me all of my childhood. I finally have have this special moment where I can bond with my father. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. I don't care how drunk he gets. I I don't care what kind of problems he drags with him. I want him to leave the Amish. And I'm going to do everything I can to get my father to leave the Amish. And I will give him a home. And I told him that. I started telling him my feelings. You know he remembered the diary thing. And he remembered blaming himself. And now he realizes, I love my dad. I would give him a home. I would bring you out of the Amish and live with me. I know I'm the only son that you have It's not Amish. But I wanted him to know you are loved. And I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how depressed you are. I don't care how much alcohol you're drinking. I love you. And I care mm-hmm. for you. And I would give you a home. And I would never, ever reject you. That was my message to him and then one day five years after I left I left in 1998 when I turned 18 By 2003 in early june. He told me. Okay He says i'm gonna leave. I said What you're going to leave? He says yes in two weeks I want you to come out and pick me up. I remember my wife was excited. We were like, hey, let's go look for a bigger SUV. We, we were going to go get a better vehicle to, to, you know, to give him a ride. You know, he had no license or nothing like that. We want to make sure we, we have the right stuff to take care of him, give him a ride. And so I'm very excited, right? So in two weeks, actually in one week, he calls me on the phone and says, hey, I'm still serious. I want to leave the Amish. And that, that just pumped me up more. I'm like, yeah, he's going to leave the only son that left. And I really gained his trust. I showed him love, And so now he says, "In not one more week, next Sunday at 9 a.m. when all the family goes to church, I want you to come out and pick me up. I'm leaving. And on Saturday, less than 24 hours before I was supposed to pick him up, I get the most gruesome phone call in all of my life. And it was my twin brother using the English neighbor's phone. And he said that my father had entered his life by suicide. And I just remember thinking, why? You're, you're leaving. You're leaving the freedom.
0: Yeah.
1: Why would you do that? You know, you're, you're leaving the freedom. And I'm here to pick you up in less than 24 hours. And then I started thinking, well... He has all the other 10 siblings. He's got mom. He loves them too. Why would he just follow me and take my word for it that I love him and and I care for him and would help him? Why would he take my... See, I'm beating myself up. And that's the moment where I became a severe alcoholic myself. Mm. I was killing myself with alcoholism because I didn't understand it. And of course, the church, that's an unforgivable sin. They charged him with murder. They buried him separately in the Amish cemetery, which I've done a lot of TikTok videos and social media to make awareness and speak for my dad, be a voice for him, because the Amish people believe that he is condemned to hell. They they took judging into their own hands. They said he is not worthy to be buried with the holy the holy people, mm-hmm. and so they they put him on the they were going to put him completely outside the Amish cemetery. And my oldest brother he had, he had a problem. My mom didn't really like it either, so they kind of challenged the church a little bit. And the church came back and said, look, we'll put him inside the cemetery since you don't want to put him outside without a marking because the church wanted to bury him outside the cemetery. No marking, no nothing. He's condemned. He's going to hell. Oh. And so they they finally put him inside and, and said, okay, if you guys would agree to put him inside on the opposite corner from all the rest of the people and then put a fence around him, we'll do that. And my family agreed. Well... I'm former Amish. I went out. I was a severe alcoholic at the moment. I was smashed drunk that night and brought five of my drunk buddies. We tore that fence down. Mm. And then the Amish got mad and put a heavier fence up. Even metal posts, they put it up again. We tore it again. We tore it down again. We got drunk one Saturday night. We went out and we tore it down. We were not going to tolerate the religious hypocrisy and their Mm. judging of my father. And I was doing it. But not because I hated them, but I wanted to do it for my father. I'm standing up for my father. Mm-hmm. So I tore the fence down again, and finally they left him alone. And as of recently, I've done quite a bit of videos where I put flowers there, and they vandalized it. They don't believe in putting flowers on. They know it's me doing it. They're just taking a stab at me. They say, hey, we don't do decorations on the grave. We're going to destroy it. So they destroyed it until I put up cameras. And <laughs> after I had put up cameras for a while, they realized it. They learned from some other drivers that they do business with that I had put up cameras and now they left the flowers alone. And this is the first time for about six months now, I still have my flowers up out there. So I kind of feel like I finally won a little bit.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's amazing that you're willing to go through all of that just for your father's name. And it's really beautiful. And I commend you for doing that and also being willing to speak about it because I know that can't be easy. So I appreciate you telling that story. And I'm wondering is the reason they don't mess with it now with the cameras is because they're not allowed to have their picture taken or videos of themselves?
1: Yes, they do not allow picture taking. They believe that being on a picture or a video is a violating a 10 commandment that talks about not having a graven image. And they believe being on a picture would be a graven image and it it would not please God. And the second thing would be they don't want any legal trouble. They try to Always be separated from the world. It's laws. It's justice system. The mm-hmm. courts, law enforcement, and they already know. They're, they're not stupid. They know that if I catch them on camera, I can charge them and take them through the court of law.
0: Right. I just wanted to throw in that aside because I thought that was an interesting thing. I've never heard of other people not being allowed to have their photo taken. But I want to get us back on track because I know you wanted to speak as well on the How people who take their own lives go unnoticed and just like they did with your dad are shunned and they're not given proper burials. And I think you wanted to speak more about how that goes frequently in these communities.
1: Yes. Yeah, I I definitely like to make awareness uh, because of what I know now. Only if I knew then what I know now, you know, with the laws and everything that's in place, I, I know that stuff should be reported. But I do know a lot of situations where in the old order system. Uh, again, I, I always want to make sure I, I clarify that, you know, there's a lot of new order that call lo- the law. They call, they report things. They, they are much better at communicating to law enforcement and doing the right thing than the old order original, like a Swartzen Amish or the old order. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the old order have had many suicides that were never reported. And just recently I was contacted by a Mennonite family that said that a young man in the Old Order Amish they are close by had committed suicide and they were going to take him and bury him in the field unmarked doesn't matter where where they're going to bury him and the Mennonite church stepped in and said hey bishop can we please take that young man and bury him in the Mennonite cemetery and the Amish church immediately said yes because he committed murder he took his own life we cannot have a sinner like that buried in our Amish cemetery. Oh. So they they allowed the Mennonites to have his body, and the and the Mennonites buried him with a stone, a regular marker, you know, on his grave with his name on it and all all of that. But unfortunately, I can tell you, I know of many that did end their life in my my community where I grew up in. And after my dad committed suicide, there was another man. His last name was Bontrager that took his own life. And he used a shotgun and put it up in his belly, and he ended his life. And they did bury him separately outside the cemetery, no marking. Animals are walking on him. There's you can't even tell where he was buried at. And there was another instance in in Ohio where they took a young man that was just turning 18, and he was under the belief ever since childhood that he would go to hell if he left, but. He was he felt like I did like I explained earlier. I felt like if I leave I did choose hell Because I couldn't undo that since a very young age two three years old I believed I I would go to hell if I left So that's what he believed. So he left a note saying I would rather go to hell than go through this abuse. I'm going through here And Um. we didn't know what all if it was physical abuse or sexual abuse or whatever but anyway, that's what he wrote that he would rather go to hell now then than, than to go through the hell in the Amish and he took his own life. And the Amish literally took him out behind the barn, dug a hole like they're burying a dog and buried him. And and when I found out about that, I, I was so, I mean, anybody in their right mind would know that that is wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, do majority of Amish report those things? Yes. Majority of Amish in, in, in the United States, they would report that to law enforcement because they do go to... Um, when their children are born, they go to the health department. And even even if they don't get a, a birth certificate, they tell them their birth date and what their name is. It's in the record. And then when they do commit suicide, they report that. So I don't want to put all the Amish in that category. Mm-hmm. But the old order system and the trooper system, they have no problem keeping all of that hush-hush. And if a young man does commit suicide or an adult, they will bury them like a dog and just make it go away.
0: That is absolutely heartbreaking. And I hate that that happens, especially because it's all tied to the community it's directly related to their experience within the community and then the community shuns them for that experience that they created Mm -hmm. and it's just so frustrating and i i feel feel feeling a lot of things but i am really upset that these these places are so isolated These people don't know that they have options. They don't know that there's a better way. They don't think that there's anything better for them. And that's what they think is the best option. And so I'm just really proud of you for speaking up and also giving voice to those people and hopefully People who are questioning, maybe they get a hold of a phone. Maybe they see your content. Maybe they learn that there are other ways and that you can be happy outside of leaving. I know it's easier said than done, and it's incredibly difficult to do first deprogram and also realize you can make a change, but I'm just happy that you're willing to speak out about it.
1: Yes. yes. My biggest goal is to bring the truth to those and let those know that are trapped in these situations that there's hope. There's somebody here to help. I have helped more than 200 of them leave since I've left. And I have so many former Amish out here that are on construction crews. And I praise God for that, that I have contact, you know, where I can call them and make one phone call. Like, for example, just recently, I made a phone call on a Friday evening of a young man that was in one of the very strict communities where I come from. And he was sneaking around a phone. I mean, you know, phones are kind of like, you know, they they don't want the phones, kind of like America. Okay. You're not allowed to have drugs. They're illegal. Fentanyl's illegal, but yet it's here. Mm -hmm. The amish they do not allow phones, but yet they're there and they're sneaking them around. They have them everywhere They're watching me on tiktok. They're watching me on youtube on social media and this young man His last name is yoder. He reached out to me and he says hey I would really like to leave the amish. And I said, where are you from? He gave me his location and everything and you know, I made one phone call To a former amish construction crew and said hey, there's an 18 year old and he lives in pennsylvania He wants to leave the amish and he was able to uh because he wants work. You know, he wants help. You know, it's hard to find good help. And all of these former Amish construction crews, they love hiring the ones coming mm. out of the Amish because they have a good work <laughs> ethic. They stay on the job. They're not goofing off. They, they're they used to working from dark to dark on the farm anyway. So that is what they're after anyway. So I knew that even if he didn't want them, I could make 15 other phone calls and have this man a job by Monday morning. And that's exactly what happened. I was able to get him to he was one of his own construction workers, that's former Amish, to drive out to his Amish farm in the middle of the night, pick him up, and he was literally on the job site by Monday morning wow. making money and he was free.
0: That's so amazing, Eli. I love that you are a resource for these people and you are just this beacon of hope and light and just helping people get out of these situations who don't want to be in it. And speaking of that, I just want to get into your story as far as how you were able to leave when you were 18.
1: Well, at the time when I turned 18 in 1998, nobody in 20 years had left my community. So I felt serious pressure and I knew that it was going to be a, a huge uproar in the community because whenever this happens, I heard the stories from other communities as a young child that when somebody left, oh, we must be doing something wrong. We got to clamp down on the rules. We got to put some guidelines in place. We got to keep these youth under control. And so I knew all of these things. I heard all the conversations. And so I uh, was working at a pallet shop for a little bit. My dad was very depressed and poor. We didn't have a whole lot of money growing up on our Amish farm. So dad allowed us to work at this local pallet factory that was owned by the non-Amish people. And so while we were working there, obviously the Amish's biggest fear came true because I'm speaking to non-Amish people mm-hmm. and I'm asking them, would you be willing to help me if I wanted to leave the Amish? Well, before you knew it, the Amish church said, hey, said to my dad that you better have your boys stop working there. They cannot work there. That is too much temptation. They're around radios, music, power tools. They should never be tempted to be around those kind of people. So dad made us quit. And I was I was so upset during that time. but. The good thing is I was able to speak with this certain individual that said, yes, if you wait until you're 18, I will pick you up. And, and I didn't know if I could trust him. So every once in a while, when I got a chance to sneak down there to talk to him, I said, are you still serious? Are you still going to pick up, come and pick me up on my birthday when I turn 18? He says, yep, I'll be there. Oh, I was so excited over that. And I kept everything secret. Again, we did not have a running around season like a lot of Amish are portrayed on television shows. Yeah. The original old order groups do not allow that season of running <laughs> around room spring. Okay. And so I had to plan everything secretly and it worked. I just made sure I did not even tell my own brothers, not my closest friends. It was just secret until the morning that I wanted to leave. And he was sitting down there waiting on me to uh, come down. I left all my possessions there. I had a very few possessions I brought with me because my freedom was more important than my possessions. And so I remember walking down towards his vehicle and, and I wanted to miss the Amish farm. I wanted to, I wanted to look back and I couldn't. I felt so free. Mm. I just kept walking. I just kept laughing. I just kept smiling. And I got in that car and I never looked back.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. So you must have had a lot of mixed feelings though. So of course, leaving a high control group is incredibly empowering and the freedom that you get is just like Amazing. It's so hard to describe to people who aren't familiar with that feeling. Um, but then it also comes with all the fears of, wait, now no one's telling me what to do. I have to actually make all these decisions for myself. I have to figure out how life works and how other people operate. And you're leaving your family and friends behind. So what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, it was actually very overwhelming. And I actually got to where within just days and weeks, I thought, wow, what if I'm not going to make it? What if I have to go back? Because it was such a fast-paced life and it was so much I had to learn. It was overwhelming. It, It felt like it was almost too much And, and and thank God I had a good, good guy that was able to, you know, bring me into his family. And he had his own family, had multiple, multiple kids and he was very patient and he was learning me how electricity works, flushing toilets and how the shower works and, and how to drive a car. And it just, you name it. He, he showed me all of, all of it, you know, and, and how to put a a, a movie into the VCR, which Mm -hmm. I'll never forget because that was an experience that just blew my mind (laughs) because he, he knew that I realized wow, this stuff is like reality. This is happening now, right? And he's like, no, this is not reality. This is a movie. This is a tape we just put in. Uh-huh. And I got addicted to these like Westerns. <laughs> and and, and I, was, I was thinking the Westerns, the cowboys that were riding the horses and had the guns and all of that and were roping cows. I thought I was watching it live. And I told him, I said, where can I go to become one of those, I want to be a cowboy. I want to go rope cattle, and I want to have a gun on me. And he just says, "Son, you have no idea. This is not real. This is recorded. These are actors." And he was trying to tell me that these these people, these cowboys, don't exist. Actors. Yeah, this is not happening. Really, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of you know issues. I had a lot to learn.
0: Yeah. Before we move on, I just have to have you tell the potato and the microwave story because. That- <laughs> It was so wholesome and sweet. <laughs> I think people would want to know.
1: <laughs> well, he he had a microwave, and I had no idea what a microwave was. And so he had one in his house and he says, Hey, you know, this is the microwave you can put in. I believe it was like a little, one of those little warm-up pizzas or whatever, pizza rolls. And he put it in there and it warmed it up and I was able to eat it. And I was like, wow, you just put it in there and it just warms it up. And then you get it out and just within a few minutes, you can eat this meal. So (laughs) one day he wasn't there. And, and I was like, well, I guess I will put this, uh, you know, potato in there and, and, as, as I put it in there, I'm looking at all these buttons and I'm fascinated by buttons, by the way, because it's just, you have popcorn, you have, you know, pizza, you have uh, all these buttons. And I looked and I looked and I said, I got the door, you know, I got the door closed. I got my potato in there and I'm like, boy, pizza sounds awfully good. I'm going to choose pizza. So I pushed the button for pizza and I'm expecting when this beeper goes off that I would have a pizza in there. Oh. Well, no, it was not a pizza. I open it up and I'm like, well, this worldly thing is a liar. It's still a potato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just so sweet. And I think, um, I can only imagine because when you're growing up with zero technology and then you are dropped into this world that's full of it, I'm sure that your mind is just full of possibilities because you're like, well, why wouldn't that be possible? They figured out cars. They figured out toilets. (laughs) Why couldn't a potato turn into a pizza? So it's just really sweet. And I love that you shared that on your YouTube. And I just know that we need to do another episode I asked you like three out of 90 questions from our community post and I really want to get into the education side of things. I want to get into more of the purity culture and the marriage stuff, how that all works and how that kind of cultivates an abusive environment. If it does, I want to get all of your opinions on those things. So if you would join us for another episode, that would be fantastic.
1: Absolutely. It, it, thank you very much for having me on. And I, I will do as many episodes as you want, because I just love educating people about the system and, and why the Amish do what they do and, and help make it awareness and get, get those, educate people. People have a lot of questions and I just really appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, before we go, I would like to just kind of get an overall sense of how you are now. I know that you talk about in your stories that you live very off of the grid and you have this gorgeous garden and you do keep some of the old Amish ways within a modern lifestyle. So I would just love to hear how you're doing.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I couldn't be doing any better. I enjoy my freedom I love living at peace. I um, still love the Amish lifestyle itself, and that's why I like gardening. I, I love living off the land. I love hunting. I love keeping those values mm-hmm. uh, without religion religion being tied to it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I really, you know, I got a wife. I got a I got a son that's seventeen years old. I mean, life is great. I couldn't ask for more. God has truly blessed me, and most of all, where my peace comes from is it started in 2017. I got my hands on a English written Bible Mm -hmm. and I thought I was going to find where the Amish are right. Okay. So this is 19 years after I left and I read this Bible and I find out that the Amish name isn't even found in there. And I I was set free by the truth because John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32 says, if you know the truth, the truth, shall set you free and that is where my ultimate peace started that nobody can steal from my heart is because i realized how much i already knew i was lied to but i realized how much i was lied to by the amish church Mm.
0: yeah so that's beautiful that's your peace that's your consciousness side of things turning to god in your own way something that resonates with you and doesn't control your life and i just think that's really beautiful
1: Yes. I realized that Jesus wasn't forceful. He didn't demand. He loved me. He didn't demand I do this and this and this and this. He just loved me and he's gracious and he's merciful. And, and that's what really stood out to me is religion was about power and control and Jesus was about love.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for coming on today. And before we go, I need your Linda Listen moment, your saucy statement as the viral video with the toddler goes or inspiration for our listeners and viewers.
1: Well, I'll do both because the Amish right. church, you know, they they really felt like, "Hey, we got they got my dad, but guess what? They did not get me." Mm. And secondly, for encouragement, I love to encourage people to be themselves be who you are if you're happy with you be you and don't deviate and change who you are in order to please religion or even family or friends or any other individuals be you and do not deviate and change because you want to fit in and be accepted just be you and if people don't want to accept you the way you are that's okay you don't need them in your life just be you and be happy with who you are
0: could not agree more eli that's amazing Thank you. And do you have any final thoughts before we go? You've been so great to chat with.
1: (laughs) I could rumble on for hours, but (laughs) I I just want to say thank you very much for all you guys are doing with, you know, I started watching some of your videos. Thank you for being a voice and giving people a voice that were silenced and giving hope to those that didn't have hope and be able to... Express their opinions their 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 voice and be able to get things off their chest because ultimately That is where my healing started is when Mm -hmm. I started doing videos Talking about it and it was like a whole weight started lifting off my shoulders So you guys are a blessing. Thank you for what you're doing and keep up the good work
0: Oh, thank you, Eli. That means a lot. And we really appreciate that. And we appreciate your support and what you're doing as well. So I see you and I support you also. Well, thank you. Uh, for everyone else listening, thank you so much for making it this far. Um, definitely, if you want to check out Eli, I'll put all of his social handles in the description below on TikTok. He's YoderToter40, <laughs> I'll put that below. And I'll put the link to his YouTube. And if you want to support the podcast, that would mean the world. Um, even just liking and sharing and commenting is extremely helpful. Or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash cults to consciousness. I have a few new patrons I would like to shout out, Christine, Mahe Ange, and Debbie. I really appreciate you. And if you guys like this video, check out the ones that I'm going to link here. And until next time, follow your highest excitement, be conscious, and be well. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with their visibility. You can also find me on social media at Colts to Consciousness or reach out by email at Colts Consciousness at gmail.com.